All right, welcome back. Our previous two episodes, we spent some time sort of tracking through what do we do when a session goes really bad, when it goes sideways. But we're going to do two more episodes here to talk about when there's a lot of positivity at the first of a session. Welcome to the Leading Edge in Emotionally Focused Therapy with your hosts, Dr. James Hawkins and Dr. Ryan Reyna. EFT is a dynamic model that humbles even the most seasoned therapists. Together, we want to come alongside you as you continually push the leading edge of your understanding and application of this wonderful model developed by Dr. Sue Johnson. So correct, we're going to be talking about, you know, when things feels like it goes too positive or they come in positive. And the way I kind of locate it, we as EFT therapists spend a lot of time tactically training on how to work with people in distress. We're looking for where the attachment pattern gets disrupted and they can't send out these cares, these care, these signals seeking care or being able to give care. So then it can really disorient our system when we come in and we say, so how are you guys doing? And they both smile at you and say, I'm good. Ryan, what do we do with that? <laughs> I grew up watching a TV show called Quantum Leap. Starred, it starred Scott Bakula. Mm-hmm. Isn't it amazing how good my memory is? That stuff that doesn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> this was this this was this uh, sci-fi TV show, and and he, they would travel around in time, and he never knew where he was going to end up. So he would accomplish a mission, and instantly it would like time travel him to Yankee Stadium in 1917, and he like kind of wakes up in a uniform with everybody talking to him, and inevitably he looks at the camera and goes, "Oh boy." Mm. And that's, that's kind of the sensation that can happen when you open up your session and they're like, we're good. We're great. Everything's good because we are trained as therapists to look at disease states and mm-hmm. pathology at problems. So it can really be disorienting when people start too positive. I'll give a shout out here. Carrie Lucas in Fort Smith, mm-hmm. EFT supervisor. She's great, by the way. Look her up. Mm-hmm. We used to talk about this when she was an intern. She's like, oh, my gosh, I'm getting pretty good at working with these cycles. But what do you do when they're real, real positive? So we want to take an episode of that because that can be really disorienting. Yes. Just trying to make it as simple and practical as possible here. You, you can really miss on either side, which is pretty typical in life, right? There's a ditch on both sides of the road. On one side, you can miss by being like, okay, sounds like you guys are good. We're done. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because someone's in a positive place, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're done. Or you can miss in the other ditch, which is where I usually miss, which is going, uh-huh, okay, that's fine, that's fine. But tell me about what's really going on. Yeah. Tell me about how things are when you're not doing so well. Mm-hmm. I, did, I did a live years ago uh, in St. Louis, actually, and it was really disorienting for, for many reasons. But one of the reasons is they were so positive, I just had very little to work with. And so I kept trying to like quickly affirm and then jump into their negative cycle. And they just could not come with me. So that was a great, I think my learning language is total failure. So I learned from that point. All right. So, you know, you're right. You can miss on either side. So I'll jump in with my thoughts on what to do with that. And you tell me, mm-hmm. you know, just I'm sharing out here. We didn't get to talk about this. <laughs> so what I've learned to do. Because we don't want to just completely blow past that, as you said, that's one miss. So it is a little bit of being able to kind of smile and nod your head and celebrate with it for a quick moment. 
especially if you've been in therapy, they've had some rough days, some rough moments. Like, wow, you two, this is this is a different place. This is not where you were when you first came in. And I'm kind of seeing you both like in a, we're kind of agreeing. This really feels good. We're in a different place right now. Can we just take a moment and even just camp out on that? Do you two even have y'all talked about what this place is like? I want to see. Do you even talk about the good? That's one of my ways. And my mm-hmm. first question is, have you been able to share about this good place and what it's felt mm-hmm. like you with your partner? Yeah, I like that. The only thing I would tweak maybe or mm-hmm. adjust a little bit is you use the word quick. Uh, and, I, and, I, and my when you said ooh. that, when you said that, my ears perked up because that's my weakness. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I like, I'm, I'm okay to talk about positive things. I mean, that is the goal. Don't forget that. Mm-hmm. You know, when they're feeling good, that's, that's a good day. That's mm-hmm. good. That's right. But I tend to want to skip past it to get to work. Mm-hmm. I'm a hard worker. I, yeah. I, you know, whether you want to call it type A or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever most of us probably are. Um, and again, let me back up. Let me tell you what my real problem is. Impatience. <laughs> I'm just, oh man, people who know me will be like, yeah, that dude didn't have any patience at all. And that's true. Working on it. The reason I like want to talk positive quick as I'm impatient, I'm like, uh-oh, what if we run out of time? Yeah. And what I've learned is if you try to push through where they are, you're just going to miss the tune, and you're actually going to disturb and take even more time. Correct. So my go-to now is when they come in, and, and by the way, if you do live consults like we do as trainers, this happens a lot. Because a couple, even if they have a lot of distress, they're going to show up and they're going to try to be nice mm-hmm. for the first 15 or 20 minutes just because of social pressure. Mm. And if you try to push into that, all you're going to do is throw, throw everything out of attunement and create more chaos. So what I've learned to do is relax. Yeah. Relax and track out what is happening. It sounds so easy, right? No, but but go. It was so so. Man, I am so glad. That's awesome to hear. You guys have really, really been in difficult spots. Mm-hmm. It's been a good week. That's really cool, man. Really cool. I'm so glad that you shared that with me. Mm-hmm. Can you do me a favor? Can you kind of help me get to know what's different about your relationship when you're in this place? Yeah. What do you do more of now? What do you do less of now? Mm-hmm. So just kind of tracking out. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 positivity that they're currently in. I like that. And you need to sort of, if you think about um, picking up a car on the side of the road mm-hmm. that has about ten miles of gas in it, you need to run that gas out. Mm. Okay. In other words, go with them. Like, get, let them say what they want to say. If they're there and their partner has been nicer, and they've had some nice experiences, they've had sex or they've had a great date, let them tell their story. You're all right. And uh, you'll be surprised that you can do that and still have plenty of time. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that's my main thing is go ahead and track what is happening with them now that they're in a better space. Yeah. And I think you you caught it. Part of what you – even I'll say what's coming up in me right now as I talk about it, it depends. Like there's a part where I'm looking and I'm looking at the – like they're saying it. But have you ever had that couple, they say we're good, but they're still nervous as they're saying it? They're like looking out the corner of their eye at their partner. So there's a part where sometimes I think it's that quickness is because I'm not trusting what I'm really seeing. Yes. And especially if you know the couple very well, you know that it's not, mm-hmm. it's not second order change yet. It's just, you kind of, you kind of know it's impossible. That's right. And yet if you go too quick, if you're like me and you're impatient, 
That's right. Now they're going to block you, block you, block you because you hadn't even given them a chance to share That's their right. night. You know, if I get a nice new puppy, yeah, I want to tell you about the puppy. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear you say, yeah, yeah, you got a puppy, but tell me what, what happened bad this week. Yep. Like, hang on a minute. Just let me introduce my puppy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love my little cocker spaniel here. <laughs> you know, her name is Susie. Mm-hmm. Is it she have a nice collar? Like, spend some time with me and Susie. And then my body will naturally be ready to go to the next thing. 100%. So also, really, we've, we've made a big deal on this podcast. And we could probably do 15 podcasts in a row, and it's still not enough. Go get vivid, really, really clear somatic cues from the partner. Do this also with some of this positivity. Mm-hmm. Like specifically, what do you notice differently in his facial expression? Now that we're in this different place and like track that down some Mm -hmm. track it around. And then, so how do you transition? Let's get to the point. Mm -hmm. Well, point one is don't rush through it. That's right. Go ahead and unpack, be attuned with where they are. Mm -hmm. The last live I witnessed somebody else do the, the wife in this couple, heterosexual cisgender couple really, really wanted to share the positive things. And, and, and if you don't let her, it's going to be a problem. So, Let's move forward. Now that we've tracked it out, they've sort of told their story. They've introduced you to their puppy. They're, they're sort of like taking a breath. Mm-hmm. Now we got some options. Mm-hmm. You can be just completely experiential, right? And you can just sort of test it and say, so James, this is really cool to see, man. It's nice to be with you when things aren't so hard, really. And it sounds like your relationship right now is kind of everything you wanted it to be. Is that right? Yeah. Can you turn right now? Can you tell Nicola that? So that's that's a great use of an enactment, which is to test it. Yes. Because there's a really good chance if the cycle's still there and they just don't want to talk about it, an enactment will force that. That's that's one move. My favorite move though is just to like summarize, like Tango Five, mm-hmm. summarize this good place that they're in, and then just say so. So help me out here. And again, this is after we've tracked the, the, the better place for a while. Help me out here. Do you, are you fully confident that you can stay here? Or is a part of you that's a little bit nervous? And so that question will often be a natural organic transition into the status of their negative cycle in a way that works with their body instead of me pushing against it. Man, I like that you're giving some tactical moves here on what to do even with the positive. Um, and I want to make sure I highlight the last one you said, the, well, not the last one, but when you talked about enacting. So even when I did do that part, like, we're, let's talk about this. Help me. And then I, I do ask the question, and I, I still like the question of, have you talked to your partner? Because I want to even see, is the attachment up and running and where they, I know they might have a hard time talking about when there's problems, when there's hurts, when there's distress. But I want to even see, can they turn and tell like even these warm positives? Because that still requires a word we like a lot vulnerability exactly because i liked how gail palmer um put it for me and she didn't say this exact way but she helped me see that this frame of even right on the other side of people's longings and joy is fear and pain Mm. that they're always like kind of right there beside each other Mm. so sometimes people will even put off talking about their longing and joy because there's fear and pain right on the other side of either losing it or grieving the times that they haven't been able to have it well said it's perfect let's take a quick break We just want to take a minute and thank you for being a part of the Leading Edge podcast. We are really inspired and grateful 
when we hear from you in trainings or through social media about how this content is truly helping you push the leading edge of your learning and being able to apply emotionally focused couples therapy with your clients and some of you also in your own personal lives. And so at this moment, we just want to ask you to consider helping us out. Yeah, James, I appreciate you saying that. When we first started this, uh, we had no idea it would take off like it has. We get contacts from all over the world. So it's really cool to think that we're coming through your speakers and into your devices or however you listen to us. And, uh, we appreciate that. It's really an honor. And like James is saying, we want to ask you to consider helping us make this sustainable. We've gone back and forth on how we want to handle money or, or if we want to involve that. But the reality is to make this sustainable, uh, we do need to do some things and make some investments. So we have a Venmo account. We would love to ask you to consider partnering with us and joining us to, to make this sustainable, to take this to other people who are trying to help others around the world and even the next generation of therapists. So you want to talk about how they can do that? Yeah, if you want to be a part and you can, to support us, you can go to on Venmo at .cocklpc or on Cash App .cocklpc with a dollar sign in the front. And in the subject line, just to help us know that you're a leading edge listener and you want to support us, please put leading edge or Here's a fun one we're doing with playing with Ryan. Put left in the comment line because you are part of the leading edge and emotionally focused therapy. There you go. So at Doc Hawk LPC. Yes, correct. Okay. All right. And I want to say one thing really, really quickly, you know, uh, depending on where you are in life, if you're living check to check, if, if money is tight for you and or if you're somewhere and you're really serving an underserved population, please do not give us money. We do not want your money. We won't take it. We'll send it back somehow uh, because that's not what this is about. But if you're at a place where you're doing okay or maybe even doing really well and uh, ideas from this podcast, if you use them professionally for which you re uh, receive fees for your services, consider partnering with us. We've had people who've donated $300 or $50, whatever it is for you. We trust that uh, our listeners are going to make the best decision for them. We just want to make this available for you. You're welcome to continue joining us if you don't give. All right, Ryan. So, the, so I do believe in that. You want to be able to track that out and get, be able to get them to share that because that's, once again, we are EFT is a behavioral change model. We want them to learn to put behaviors to reaching and being able to respond, not just in pain, but also in these positive places. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go conceptual for a minute. <clears throat> so we've talked before about when the first sign of insecurity is what? Ooh, the first sign of insecurity yeah. is the loss of vulnerability to be able to share about pain or even joy. And, and in its place is rigidity. That's right. That's right. right. Oh, sorry, that's right. Yeah. The yeah. first the first sign of security is flexibility, flexibility. curiosity, openness. Right. And that man, that is so incredibly true. <laughs> I'm just thinking about but, cases I work. This today. is what I gotta do. What you do to Jordan? I think we, they, <laughs> I think people need to hear that line again. You know, because I've, I've been trying to read back through Sue's book, and she makes that point over and over. The first sign of insecurity is rigidity. And the first sign of security is flexibility. Mm -hmm. I just want to make sure they really got that line. So let me tell you one of the reasons this is hard work. Distressed couples, distressed relationships, who, whose relationship is in a disease state. And here's how I define that. They don't put their heart in and they don't respond with comfort. 
just the most basic parts of what makes intimacy happen. You want to have intimacy with someone, share your heart. And when they share theirs, respond with comfort. It's not rocket science, folks. It's just hard. It's not that complicated. So here's my point in saying that. When people have small episodes of positivity and a negative cycle, that's normal. Couples who have been in, here's my point I was going for a moment ago, distressed couples have expectations that are even way higher than healthy couples. The longer you live in sickness, the better you think your food should taste, so to speak. The long, I said that wrong. The longer, you, the longer you live in starvation, the better you think food should taste. So couples who are in distress start to get this sense that things should be perfect. Mm. I shouldn't have any hesitation when I share my heart. Or when it's time for me to respond to you, it's wrong if I have, if I have a sense of check, kind of check in my body there, right? It's that protection. They don't, they don't know how to integrate protection. And that is a form of rigidity. The reality is in every relationship, there is sort of a negative cycle mm-hmm. and there is a positive cycle. And we're going to talk about that more in the next episode. But what we're trying to do here, let, let, my, my bottom line is this. Let's take advantage of these early appearances of positivity to make space for another aspect of our conversation with our clients. We talk a lot about the couple's cycle. The reality is every relationship has two cycles. What we're trying to do is to grow one of them and to reorganize the other one. We're trying to reorganize the negative cycle to an attachment way of looking at it. And we're slowly trying to plant seeds, allow them to plant seeds, Mm. and to grow what eventually becomes a positive cycle. So what enters your room oftentimes in session seven with this relationship that's in a very bad place, and they come in and knock your socks off with so much positivity, it's almost disorienting. And you have that Scott Bakula, oh boy, what do I do with this? Relax. No, it's probably not the full truth of their relationship, but it's still valuable. So we want to capture the elements of this early, maybe too early positivity that we will later feed, grow, and and hopefully uh, establish as a new way of being together. Well, in our effort to always on this podcast, we want to try and make sure that it's clear and practical that you can carry it in the session. So I want to try and do a good move five as we get ready to close here, Ryan. I liked what we've said here today. Let me say one more thing. Just, just to, add it to the list. Yeah, just to connect with the previous some previous stuff. Be mindful of your attachment styles in your office. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I see where you're going already. <laughs> when, when there's some positive emotion comes on, you're with drawers in heaven. You know, he, yeah. he, she, they, whatever, whoever this person is, they're feeling good. Be mindful that that pursuer might feel abandoned. Right. Yep. They might feel like I'm the only one that sees the problem. And if you've tracked the positivity enough and you're ready to go also look at the other cycle, your pursuer is usually going to take you there. So it's good to know what's behind curtain number four. Yep. I think that 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 did play into it really well. So one is we the first thing you said, not it's always the EFT answer. Slow down. It, it will it could it throw your body off, especially if you've known this couple for a while and it's just been really rough and all of a sudden they come in like it was good. 
Like they went on this, like I've had this happen. We went on this long date and we talked about our relationship and what we're learning. We're good. We read, uh, we read, help me tired or created for connection. Like we're good. So just slow down with that. Slow down with it. Um, and being a good EFT therapist, as Sue would say in her book, we still go ahead and we help build that out in the session and, and, and process what comes alive. And part of what we talked with doing that was track the better place and still go for those live triggers. There is something to that, Ryan, to even say, to ask that question. And what was it that you saw happening in your relationship that gave you this signal, man, this is better? What was that you saw? What was it that y'all were doing that's different? Or maybe that you weren't doing that just made this place feel better? And get really clear on that and track that and process that and see if they can share that, right? That's big. So enact the positive, share the actual experience. And then even what you said, Ryan, once again, summarize the move five. And in the tracking, I think it goes to some of what you just said. It, it, I don't know if you were talking about tracking with just one person or still tracking both of them. So that way they both get to put a voice in to what's going on in that moment. And then that move five, summarize the, their positions in it. And then I think my closeout question, then the closeout question we kind of had with that was, man, this and still slow down, validate it. Talk about the new puppy and the, and the collar on the puppy. And then you can't ask the hard question, but I do want to ask just to make sure that we're really helping you two. And how do you really feel? How confident do you feel that you two can kind of keep this cycle going that, yeah, it feels good right now. But if a disruption, do you feel like your relationship has what it needs to be able to make repair and find your way back to this place? That's my question, at least with them sometimes. It's good. I like it. You know, and I think here's our warning, our qualifier. We don't want the positivity to be discussed to meet the needs of the therapist. Yeah. That can't happen. And we've all been there. Yeah. We've all been there. Maybe you have seven sessions one day or nine or 10 or 11. Yeah. I need a win today. I used to do 12 on Mondays. That was crazy. I'll never do that again. But anyway, yeah, I need a win or my tank of conflict is just full. I can't do anymore. Mm -hmm. So then you end up trying to talk people out of their pain. Mm. You know, oh, you're hurting, but isn't it better? But isn't there a better time? You know, and it's Mm -hmm. sort of a a really bad version of solution focus. Mm -hmm. You know, because that's not what solution focus does either. Um, so we don't want that to be the case. Mm-hmm. At the same time, if that is really where they are, go to it. It'd be a wonderful yep. session if you start off with that uh oh moment and then you're like, gather your gather your orientation and spend 15, 17 minutes just tracking out. What do you do more of or less of when you're in this kind of place? Tell me what specifically you see differently on his face. And that means what to you? That just kind of leaves you feeling what? And from that place, what do you find yourself doing? Okay. Okay, nice. That's really cool to get to know this side of you. And what do you notice differently even right now? Mm -hmm. And track down their assembly or their attempt. Yep. Summarize that forward. Usually if you run that out, you can do one of your two things, right? To enact something that's pretty vulnerable. And please know, a really, really positive enactment is just as vulnerable, if not more, than sharing a deep primary pain. Or you can just say, do you all have full confidence that you can stay here? Or is there part of you that's not so confident? And most of the time they'll say, eh, it's, it's a little scary. I'm like, yeah, and that's okay. Help me understand what you're scared might happen. And that hallway will take you right back over that negative cycle. Last thing for me, when you tango five, in your summary, let's say you spent 17 minutes with some of that positive uh, emotion and you spend another 17 to 25 with that negative cycle, and you've done a few enactments, 
and we finished a mission maybe. It's a great session, by the way. It's a great session. You know, you're now at minute 49 or 53, and you're ready to go Tango 5. Make sure in your summary you include both of those cycles. Yes. Don't just go negative. Just say, this has been incredibly helpful for me today because I saw how your relationship is when this is happening, which is really a teaser of where we're going. In our mind, as a therapist, we'd say stage three. I wouldn't tell the couple that. And I also, I also get more clarity on what happens when the cycle takes over, the negative cycle. So that's a really important part to include in the summary. I love it. You all, thank you so much for being listeners here with a Leading Edge and Emotionally Focused Therapy. We've enjoyed hearing from you and those of you that have, in a way, just come along and financially supported. And even if it wasn't financial, just by sending words of encouragement, it helps us to keep going. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. We hope this experience helps you push the leading edge in your work to help people connect with themselves and with each other. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review. You can contact us at pushtheleadingedge at gmail.com and you can follow us on our Facebook page at Push the Leading Edge. You can follow Ryan on Facebook at Ryan Reyna Professional Training and on his website, ryanreynatraining.com. You can follow James on Facebook and Instagram at DocHawkLPC. You can also check out his website, DocHawkLPC.com. Thank you.